Hey, Goal Achievers. Welcome to the Elite Achievement Community. I'm Kristen Burke, your host and coach here to demystify the goal achievement process. If you are ambitious and visionary, then let's get to work so you can maximize your potential. Hey, Goal Achievers. Welcome back to Elite Achievement. Kristen here, and today we are continuing our conversation around confidence. You might remember from episode three that I believe confidence is critical in our goal achievement journeys. I've invited an expert on confidence to share her perspectives and ideas around growing confidence to today's show. I am excited to introduce you to one of my mentors, my business coach and friend, Nicole Khalil. Nicole spent most of her professional life with a Fortune 500 company. Her passion for leadership led her to become the first female chief development officer in company history. Working in the male-dominated industry of financial services has given her both experience and insight into what's working and what may not be working within an organization. Nicole has coached over 1,000 women in business consults with Fortune 500 companies, and speaks to women and leaders about how to win at work, at home, and as a team. She is a self-admitted foodie and enjoys wine tasting and reading in whatever free time she has. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much, Kristen, for having me. I'm super, super excited to be here and super excited about your podcast. Thank you. You've definitely played a huge role in helping me grow the confidence to get on this microphone and share insights and perspectives with the world. So before we dive into today's specific topic of confidence, I want to understand more about your work. Tell us, what is This Is Woman's Work and why did you start this company? Yeah, so that's a big question with a really big answer. Somebody told me once many years back that we should all have a purpose or a passion or a mission that's so big, we can't even see achieving it in our lifetime. It's like so big, it doesn't even seem possible. And for me, that big mission that seems impossible in my lifetime is to eliminate gender expectations so that we can all show up here to be who we are meant to be, to live our purposes, to play to our strengths and to not feel confined by the bodies we happen to show up in or the genders we happen to show up in. So that's my big mission. And I figured I should probably start where I can be the most relevant and where I have the most experience. And that is what it is to be a woman in today's world. And this is woman's work as sort of a, a play on what, and I put in air quotes, woman's work was the message that we've been receiving over time about what we should be doing as women or what our roles are, what we're put here to do and be. And my goal is to redefine together what that is again so that we can just be our whole, true, authentic selves. That is a huge and important mission. And I know as a woman myself and also a mother and also a wife and also a business owner, there are a lot of expectations that we as women have. And it is, in my opinion, such a unique time right now, Nicole, where we're Mm -hmm. redefining those expectations. And I'm seeing more women step up and taking risk and doing what they want and showing up in business differently. And I'm seeing more men 
stepping up and taking on more responsibilities at home and with their children. And so it's uh, such meaningful and important work. So thank you for everything you're doing. Oh my gosh, my pleasure, my passion. I will add to that. I agree wholeheartedly with everything that you just said, Kristen. And I think with everything with COVID, even the disparity or discrepancies that still exist, I think are being highlighted. It's still obvious that we have some work to do. I think it's highlighting that And of course, this isn't true for every woman or every man or every relationship. But generally speaking, I think it's become apparent that we're still carrying the majority of the load as it relates to caregiver responsibilities and parenting as we all face uncertain times and confusion. I hope we all just stay kind with each other because we're all doing the best we can. Yeah, I think this is a time where we need a lot of grace. We have to give ourselves a lot of grace, give others a lot of grace and Ditch some of those rigid expectations that might not serve us well. So for you to start a company that's mission is all about redefining gender roles, I'm going to guess that took a heck of a lot of confidence. What does confidence mean to you? Yeah, so first, let me be clear that my confidence, like everybody's, has been a journey. How do you climb Mount Everest? One step at a time. And that's how you build confidence. So there are things that I did in my teens and my 20s that now seem minuscule and not at all scary, but took a lot of courage and I had to find that confidence. But it wasn't until my mid-20s that I really started paying attention to confidence as a skill. I was noticing people who were very successful and happy and portrayed confidence. I started really paying attention to what was different about them. I read every book and article I could get my hands on. And so I want to be clear that I am less of a prodigy or that I was like born with all this confidence and more of a student of confidence. And in learning, I began to build my confidence muscle and still continue to do that. There is no such thing as a person who's wholly and completely confident all the time. That person doesn't exist or I've never met them. And I tend not to hang out with people who are delusional. (laughs) I've learned a lot about confidence and I've applied a lot of my learnings and I'm still growing in this space. And one of my favorite learnings about confidence is that it is a skill that can be developed, not something we were born with or not. So wherever you are currently in confidence, you have an opportunity to build it just like anybody else. So I'm hearing you point out some critical aspects of confidence. Uh, First, that it's a journey. I heard you talk about how intentional you were around growing your confidence. You observed others as they were confident. You read books, you read articles. You had a very purposeful intention of growing your own confidence. Absolutely. And then I also heard you mention courage. And I think there's an element of courage and confidence going hand in hand together. Would you agree? A thousand percent, because confidence is built through action alone. All the learning, all the reading, all the thinking, all the observing I did was very, very helpful. But at the end of the day, the only thing any of us can do to build our confidence is act our way into it. Confidence is built through action. Little risks, little choices, little acts of bravery and courage along the way build big confidence. I think sometimes when we think of bravery or courage, we think huge things. But it's more about the little acts of courage, the conversations that you're a little nervous to have, the little risks that you're like, oh gosh, I don't know if I can do it. Those 
little acts of bravery lead to big confidence. I am so glad you pointed that out because I work with a lot of my clients around celebrating their wins. I think a lot of times on the goal achievement journey, we want to achieve that big goal and we wait until we've mastered that goal before we celebrate. And what I'm hearing you say is that confidence is growing through the small, courageous acts done over and over, the conversation, the posting on social media, the asking for a referral, the calling someone in your phone list that freaks you out. It's these little acts that build your courage muscle that then lead to building your confidence that then lead to your goal achievement. So they're all interestingly connected together. Yeah. And it was so interesting is when you take those little acts of courage, part of the reason it builds confidence is most of us make it worse in our brain, scarier than it actually is in reality. We imagine worst case scenario, right? And so when we do these little things, first of all, we don't die. We're still alive. So (laughs) yay, that's confidence building. So there's this knowing begins to happen of, I can do that. And it actually works out. And even if it doesn't work out, it's rarely as bad as I think it's going to be. And I've also learned something or I've grown in a particular area or I'm proud of myself for doing it in the first place. It's amazing how it's the action that builds the confidence even more than the result. And you mentioned that we often think worst case scenario. Why is that? Why don't we flip Mm -hmm. the script and think, I'm getting ready to do something super scary, requires a ton of courage, and I'm going to excel and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I honestly don't know. And I think that's even worse with women than our male counterparts. Overthinking, overworrying, absolute worst case scenario. It just doesn't serve us in any way other than self-preservation in matters of life and death. Like... If you do something physically risky, then you may want to make sure you're totally prepared and have thought about all the risks and all of that. But we apply that to some of the smallest decisions and it harms us more than we know. Well, let's talk a little bit more about some of the things that we do that hinder or derail our confidence. What are some examples from all of your coaching experiences and work consulting with organizations? What are we doing that derails our confidence? Yeah, so there are a lot of things, but I think there is a top five list and I'll give you those five. It's perfectionism, holding ourselves to unrealistic expectations of perfection, and then beating ourselves up when we don't achieve it, which sounds super healthy, right? And I call that beating ourselves up head trash. So that's the second confidence derailer. It's the stuff we say to ourselves about ourselves in our own head that is very rarely true and almost never kind. The third one is judgment and comparison, whether it be of yourself and others. The fourth one is overthinking, overprocessing, overworrying. And then the fifth one is the belief or myth or expectation that confidence is going to come to us externally, that we're going to build our confidence via compliments, attention, validation, achievements, promotions, all that stuff. Now, all those things are great and they can make us feel good. But if you're looking for those things to build your confidence, you're actually probably doing more damage. You're probably derailing yourself on your road to confidence more than you are building. So those are the five confidence derailers. Some of those, I think, play out more with women than others. And and as you mentioned, 
a lot of my work is working with women. So I've seen this live and in color over and over and over again. I'd say they're universal, but there are a few that afflict women more than their male counterparts. Which of those confidence derailers do you see impact women more than men? I think it's the perfectionism, head trash combo. Women sort of have this, we've got to do it all, we've got to be it all, and we've got to look good while doing it. And men may strive for perfectionism, but a lot of times it's more on the career achievement side, whereas women, we just let it run rampant in every aspect of our life. And then the head trash, I know that there are men who experience this, but I think this is so much more of a woman thing. It became obvious to me when a woman who had listened to my podcast and I talked about head trash had her fiance listen to the same episode. And he was so confused about this concept of head trash. He couldn't believe that we have voices in our heads that are unkind, that say we're not good enough, that we're not smart enough, that we're not this enough all the time. And she couldn't believe that he couldn't believe that. She was shocked that he doesn't have this internal voice knocking him down all day long. And he, I think it was a good moment for them in their relationship where he was like, I can't believe you're walking around with this all day. So that's one example. But I do think women deal with the perfectionism head trash combo at a much higher level than men do. And of course, this is not universal. It's just general observations. On the judgment and comparison side, I think that's kicked up a lot more in the last handful of years is when you think about social media coming into play. I'm not saying that 20 years ago, people weren't comparing or judging. It's just we have a whole different environment in which to do that in and it plays out very differently. So I think that specific derailer has become one to pay a little bit more attention to. I am at the beginning of my social media journey for business purposes. I have been very intentional with who I follow and who I allow on my Instagram feed. I need to fill that feed with other fierce females, with motivational speakers, with individuals that share like values. They love their families. They practice gratitude. So I've chosen to use that platform to hopefully boost my confidence. But there are times, Nicole, where I look at that and think, oh, Nicole is doing so many incredible things in her business. Why am I not there yet? And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I can't compare my beginning with your middle or with someone else's end. So that comparison, even as intentional as I have been, can still get you. 100%. There's a quote that goes something like, be careful not to compare your behind the scenes to somebody else's highlight reel. And I think that's what social media creates. And I do the same thing, by the way. So you're not alone. And I choose to follow or surround myself with people exactly like what you said, Kristen. Those are the same qualities I look for. And I'll add one. I choose to follow people who keep it real. Anybody who tries to send the message that they have all the answers or that they are perfect or that they're confident all the time or that they don't make mistakes or that they don't have their moments in whatever aspect of life where things aren't working or coming together. To me, I just don't have space for that because first of all, it's not real. And second of all, I think it reinforces what we're talking about, making the casual observer or the person on the outside think everything is sunshine and rainbows. 
And then that makes us feel like there's something wrong in our lives because it's not all sunshine and rainbows all the time. There are going to be some storms if we continue on this weather analogy we got going. Right. Well, and after storms, that's when you get the rainbows and the clear skies and the growing grass and flowers and the whole deal. So sometimes we think there's something wrong with a storm or when we're in a storm. And I know it's easier said than done and it's much easier outside looking in. But I try to remind myself when I'm in my own storm that there is value where I'm at right now. It might not feel great, but I have confidence that I'm going to be okay and that I'll come out the other side of this better in some way. Now, in order for you to get to that space, that you will come out stronger, you will be okay. What are some of the things that you've done or you've coached your clients to do to grow their confidence? Yeah. So there are lots of things. I'll share a couple. Number one, I lived in California the bulk of my life and recently moved out to Massachusetts about three and a half years ago. I've learned a little bit more about preparing for storms. And that's sort of the point is to be prepared for the storm. You know they're coming, right? You don't know how bad they're going to be or how long they're going to last, but you know they're coming. So there are a few things that I do in preparation for a storm. Number one, I surround myself with quotes everywhere. And there are certain quotes that I think are a little bit more helpful or a little bit better reminders when times are tough. I make sure I have those out. I have something I've created called a recovery plan. If anybody's interested in that, they can go to my website, which I'll share a little later. I have a free downloadable version of the recovery plan so you can create your own. Plus, I share mine so you can see an example. I have a list of things I know to be true about me at this point in my life. And I update that a couple times a year. And I've been doing this since my late 20s. But it's a reminder of who I am, what I can count on about myself, what my strengths are, what my talents are, who I am and how I'm wired. And in the storm, I can go back to that list. And that's what gives me confidence in me. I don't necessarily have confidence in how everything's going to work out or how somebody else is going to respond or what the result is going to be. But it's a reconnecting to myself and what I can count on even during the storm. And then the last thing I'll tell you is, and I think this is true for all of us, is we've all lived through storms. And at this point, we've survived 100% of them, right? Because we're still here. And so it's that reminder in it where I'm like, okay, I've lived through, maybe not this exact scenario, but I've lived through storms before. And if I look back, I can always see how I've come out better, what I've learned, how I've grown, how it's made choices a little bit more obvious, whatever the case may be. And so reminding myself of that during a storm can be really helpful because again, it's just that grounding of internal confidence that, okay, I'm going to make it through this. And I have a choice to come out better. And I have a choice to learn things. And I have a choice to make decisions. I can't always choose what's happening to me, but I can always choose my reactions and my choices from there. And with your recovery plan and the things that you know to be true about yourself, I'm guessing those are tools that you'll pull out if you start feeling less than confident or the negative mental narratives start running rampant or you're ruminating or you're overthinking. You're like, wait, pause. 
let me get back to who I truly am and connect to that authenticity versus allowing stories and self-doubt to take over and run the show. Exactly right. Yeah, so I will pull those out if I'm having a big head trash day or if I'm having a rough patch. Sometimes I'll pull them out prior to doing something big. If I have a big decision to make or if I'm doing a big keynote or trying to sell something to a new client, sometimes it's something I'll pull out to remind myself, to put myself in the best position of confidence that I can be in before I do this thing that makes me a little scared or a little bit nervous or a lot nervous or whatever the case may be. Nicole, those are all incredibly helpful recommendations and ways that we can be prepared to weather the storms and remind ourselves who we are. So earlier in our conversation, we talked about how confidence can impact gender. Do you have any advice for the men that could be listening to this show, men that are raising daughters? How can we raise our daughters to be more confident than maybe you and I were as we grew up in the professional world? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. And I will share my thoughts based on my experiences and observations and less from an area of expertise. I have a almost seven-year-old daughter and fingers and toes crossed that all the things that we're doing with her are going to make her confident. That's something that's really important to Jay and I. But that's yet to be determined. I think a few things. Number one, very specifically with men raising daughters, is to focus on things outside of how your daughter looks. This is such ingrained societal thing with women is that we tend to feel a lot of our value and our confidence is wrapped up in how we look, right? And so being mindful to focus on when your daughter does something brave, that was very brave, right? Or I like how hard you worked on that, regardless of the result. So in our household, we focus a lot on effort, a lot more on what JJ puts into things than we do on the result. Again, that perfectionism thing, if we're always focused on amazing results, then she's going to be a results junkie and she's going to find her value there. So a lot on effort, on being kind and kind to herself and others. So being mindful of those derailers and then trying to think about how kids learn through observation and experience and what we tell them and what we show them and trying to combine them. You can tell your kid all day long that you believe women can do anything Unless you're demonstrating that belief in your life and your profession, if you're a man running a company and you have no women at the leadership level or at the management level, I'm not saying you're bad or wrong, but I would really check in with yourself. We can't look at our daughters and say, you can be anything, you can do anything, you can achieve whatever your purpose and your talents and skills want you to achieve can't say that to them if we're not showing and demonstrating it in our daily lives. I love that you are pointing this out because one of my big whys on the work that I do and the business that I'm building is my six-year-old daughter, Scarlett. And I know that mama has to do big, scary things if I want that little girl to grow up believing in herself that she can also take risks, do big, scary things, learn from failures, 
I love how you talked about focusing on the effort. One other thing, Kristen, just real quick, JJ and I do this, maybe not every night, but very often, I'll ask her, when does mommy love you? Ooh. And the response she gives is all the time. And then we'll play with it a little bit. What about when mommy's frustrated? Yes, you still love me. What about when mommy's traveling for work? Yes, you still love me. I want JJ to know that our love is unconditional and that she doesn't need to prove herself for it and that she can be loved completely even when things aren't going well or even when we're frustrated with each other. Again, I think a lot of times with confidence, we relate it to proving ourselves or needing to be good enough. And I am trying to teach her that she's loved no matter what. And even in the times where it doesn't totally look and feel like it, that she can be confident in who she is and that she's loved. So that's another thing that I think that we do that I've seen have positive results. So important. That I'm sure is helping her embrace future difficult conversations and again, taking risk and to know that it won't negatively impact the relationship she has with her parents is really important, really key. We have covered so much ground today and I can't wait to go back and listen to this episode with my notebook out so I can capture all of these nuggets that you shared and your wisdom, Nicole, around the five confidence derailers and the importance of recognizing that women strive for perfection and we have these high expectations and that comparison can really impact our ability to grow confidence. And I love how you shared with the listeners the top things that I know to be true about me and having that list can help us weather the storm. And then you mentioned your recovery plan. So now would be an incredible time for you to share with us How can we stay connected? Where can we get that recovery plan? How can we learn more from you? Yeah, absolutely. So probably the first and best place is my website. It's NicoleKhalil.com and a pop-up will show up and you can put your email in and download the recovery plan from there. You're also welcome to follow me on Instagram. It's Nicole M. Khalil. Lots of motivational quotes and I try to talk about confidence a lot on social media. I have my podcast, This Is Woman's Work. You can find it anywhere. And we are actually launching an online course called This Is Confidence. And it's literally going to walk you through the derailers. And I don't want to tell you to be confident or to build confidence. I want to walk you through how you can do it. And you can literally go through the exercises and begin to build your own confidence, your things you know to be true about you list, your recovery plan, all of that. And we'll do it together and have a community where we can share learnings and support all that fun stuff. That is incredibly exciting. Wishing you all the best with the launch of that course. And we'll make sure to include those key links in the show notes for our listeners to stay connected with you. So until next time, Goal Achievers, keep celebrating your weekly wins, learning from your lessons, and identifying your priorities so you can consistently pursue progress in the direction of your goals. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you are feeling inspired and want to join the Goal Achievers community, visit my website to sign up and get connected. We can also connect socially on Instagram. Follow me at meet Kristen Burke. Links are in the show notes. 
Don't forget to rate, review, and share this show. Until next time, goal achievers, keep progressing towards your goals and celebrate those weekly wins. 